It's the Building Years Podcast. With Justin Alexio. And Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, welcome to the Building Years. This is Jeremiah Watkins. Justin Alexio saying my name second, like always. Would you want to say your name no, uh, first next time? It's okay. Do you want to intro we the show next time? We always talk about it and just, just go. You Do know what? Thing. Maybe next week. <laughs> Maybe, But you got to remind me before we start because uh, I go into autopilot. You know what I mean, it's man? It's okay. Well, well, it's not about either of us this Friday. No, it's not about either of us because we're fighting amongst a guest in the house. <laughs> Mom and dad, stop fighting. <laughs> <laughs> that third voice that you hear... Uh, a good newer friend uh, to myself uh, and in the comedy scene, uh, uh, a fellow improviser. He plays uh, piano at the improv as well as at the comedy store on a weekly basis. Super funny guy. Please welcome my friend, Avery Pearson, everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Great to be on the podcast with these two funny guys. <laughs> that was the most canned. Uh, okay, now, now read the next line. Avery. Okay, uh, right Jeremiah that. and Justin both have huge, huge penises. They're awesome guys, and they're a pleasure to be around. Okay, uh, you need to read it again. Okay. Uh, the, the huge is actually italicized, so you have to like, oh, okay. like emphasize uh, it. These two guys have a huge penis, and it's just a pleasure to be around these guys. Okay, now that was perfect. <laughs> we got it? We got it. We got it. Can we you, got will it. you pull the gun on. away from my face right now? <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> we have an elaborate saw set up over here. <laughs> if, you don't if you don't tell us. <laughs> That's like a Liam Neeson saw. <laughs> Listen to me very carefully. Uh, so, Avery, thank you so much for coming by, buddy. My pleasure. Uh, Thanks for having me. Justin, uh, this is your first time meeting Avery, right? Yeah, of course it is. But uh, I don't know my first impression. Good, good so far. Thanks. You still have a little bit to impress me. Oh. It's only been it's only been two minutes. It's well, only been a couple minutes. Okay, well, just give so, me a chance and let me open up a bit. And <laughs> I think you'll get to like what you hear. What was the point of you asking that question, Jeremiah? They're like making us all feel weird. No, no, not at all. Uh, I just uh, I was hoping that you guys would have uh, met earlier because Avery's a good dude. Yeah. Why well, you, we met earlier. I I'm don't a good know. Dude, Matthew. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk to you, Avery, about very, very, pretty recently, I feel like you've done a really good job of immersing yourself in the stand-up world as an accompanist and as just a, a fellow comedian who riffs really well with other comics uh, when you're on stage playing piano. And Thanks, Jeremiah. That's yeah. Really nice to say. Yeah, man. I, uh, I noticed this. Uh, I, I hosted the... Uh, the open mic at the Improv mm -hmm. on a Tuesday. Uh, uh, got asked to do that by by you and Mr. Uh, Jamie Flam, mm -hmm. and we instantly hit it off. And I was like, I want to, I want to work with this dude. Agreed. A little Agreed. bit more. Yeah, I play piano at the. Uh, for your listeners who don't uh, follow my career, <laughs> um, uh, my I play uh, piano during the open mics at the Hollywood Improv, and I also play in a show called Midnight Snack. But uh, yeah, you were also. We're just gonna kind of massage each other here for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, I like it. Yeah. We need I to massage tell, myself. We yeah. need to tell the backstory of Jeremiah. Avery Pearson yeah. and Jeremiah Watkins. Uh, yeah, I always liked your comedy because I felt like it was very intuitive, very physical, and really fucking funny. And um, so, you know, Jamie was talking about a few uh, hosts and stuff, and we were like, oh, yeah, let's, 
let's get Jeremiah in here. And like, I think like instantaneously, you and I were just like, there's something like you can't create chemistry. You know, you it's can't. Very create. true. I've been on a lot of improv teams yeah. and doing sketch with people and stuff, and you can bang your head against the wall like trying to <laughs> make connect. it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's. I think the thing that we both said, like literally within a split second, we were both thinking it was like, it's rare. It's very rare. It's really hard to find other comedians and people that you can work with so quickly and easily. But yeah, we just gelled really quickly. And Sounds like you guys are falling in love with each other. A little bit. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. Comedy. <laughs> we got comedy boners for yeah. each other recently. Yeah, absolutely. Huge boners, as we discussed earlier in the show. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> that's a callback. We call that a yeah, callback in the industry. A callback in the business. Anybody who's right, listening earlier right now, the show, they made me have a big boner, and then I was like, oh yeah, for sure. Like these guys. Now here we are. Now we have big boners. Boom. Huge. Here we are. Exactly. So, yeah, we just gelled really so quickly yeah, and things and worked out great. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the open mic was awesome. And, yeah, we, we do it really fair. That's what I like about the open mic is that it's a lottery. There's a lot of other um, open mics around town where it's just, like, not fair. Now, if you're seeing a lot of the open micers go through the improv, I feel, do you ever just sit there on the piano and be like, this person is trash. I want to tell them to go home forever. No, I don't. It's horrible. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like everyone... Here's the thing is sometimes I feel like when you watch a young artist, you're like 50% of the time you'll be like, oh, they're really good. And 50% of the time you'll be like, oh, I don't like them. But then people surprise you all the time. So how can I sit and be like, that guy's never going to make it? And I've seen people ha- come up who in, in lots of different in acting and in comedy that I'm like, oh, I don't know. This is a little weird. And then weird like turns into like incredible. And it's just about development. So I, I, if you watch... Me during the open mic, I sit there and I smile for most of it, unless it's really offensive, and then I'm not so like I, I yeah don't, I don't care like if you're being offensive and rude and 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 awful and racist in a very negative light, then I'm I don't I'm not really interested. It's just not for me, and 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 that'll be clear in my face. Yeah, what's hard too is like. Uh hosting certain shows or mics, if there's a certain style of comic that's going up that's it's repeatedly dirty or repeatedly offensive, you can't fix the energy in the room even if you're positive after a while because the audience is like, oh, is this what the entire show is? Mm-hmm. Like we did, a, we hosted a, a mic recently where it was all guys doing either abortion, rape, or racist jokes in a row, like seven in a row. And, when, and Avery and I are like, we can't save this. Just, this is do. out of our hands now. It was just a, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're here. And let's play some music. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how, did, uh, how did you kind of uh, d- uh, get into doing piano at the improv and then the comedy store? Because I feel like those are... I don't want to say I don't want to say maybe coveted is the wrong word, but I feel like it takes it takes a while to get into those places, and I feel like pretty quickly, whenever you were doing well at the improv, because uh, you play a lot of nights on Comedy Juice, which is Wednesday nights at the Hollywood Hollywood Improv, which is uh, one of the biggest shows in town. You uh, have played on that show a lot, and I feel like maybe some comics saw you from the improv and then kind of referred you to the store. How did that How did that go down? Uh, well, with the improv, I started as a doorman, mm-hmm. uh, just as an actor, w- having grown up playing piano, not wanting to necessarily play piano as a career, but just like for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I guess I just like, I was always, I've always been in front of an audience since I was seven years old. So just like performing is not new. And 
I love it, and it fuels me, and it's everything about Did you always me. kill as a seven-year-old? Like, oh, dude, I was the doorman in The Wizard of Oz, and <laughs> I, my, like, the big thing was that it was fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, and all the fourth graders were like the extras, like the munchkins, except for this guy who got some lines, and it was like a big deal. I like knew how many words. I'm like, oh my god, I have like 37 words, and <laughs> lines, and I'm like, uh, it was really exciting. So, yeah, but um, so yeah, I guess I, I yeah, I've always been a performer. I really like public acceptance. I really like entertaining people and making people laugh or think or cry or whatever. And um, I just have fun doing. It. I want to do things that I love doing, and that's sort of what kind of bled into this and. Um, I was living on off Melrose um, with my now wife, but girlfriend then, and I was looking for a job. And she's like, "Why don't you go down to the Improv and see if they have uh, spots at the door or whatever?" And I was like, "Okay." I just moved to LA on on a whim on vacation, and then um, I tried to get a job. Didn't work out right away, but thank God Rita Piazza, who I'll shout out to the day I die, is like one of the greatest women I know and one of the greatest women in comedy and has helped so many careers and me specifically. Um, she called me in and I started working the door and I didn't ask for anything. I didn't, I just worked hard. I didn't ask to go up. I didn't ask to perform. I didn't ask to go on piano, nothing. I just wanted to work hard and be a nice guy and that was it. Like I had performed a lot and I just felt like, you know, this is a new world to me. I had never done stand-up comedy. I was absolutely afraid of it. And I thought, you know, let's just try and um, meet some really cool and funny guys like Jeremiah and other amazing comics that I grew up watching on TV. And, like, let's just see what that's like. And, oh, there's Joe Rogan. And News Radio was my, one of my favorite shows growing up. And th it was just like, I think it was at first just kind of like, okay, let's just be a reliable, professional person who's nice to hang out with and might crack a joke now and then. Let's leave it at that. And then eventually, like, there was a piano on the improv stage, and this is the only stage in L.A. where there's a piano on and a comedy store, at, 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 a, at a, a comedy club. It's the only one. So I just played piano. So I went up, and I would play piano before my shifts or in between things, and, um, like, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, they Rita and Jamie Flam, who's also just as endearing to me in terms of how supportive Rita's been, Jamie's been just as uh, supportive of me in a lot of ways, um, giving me a show and open mic and all that stuff. And um, I would play in the afternoon and be like, oh, guys, can I play? And they're like, yeah, just play. And then one day I, was pl I had a, a sound shift. I was, like, working the board. And uh, I was playing, and Paige Schaefer, who's a, a manager there, heard me play. And she's like, Avery, just stay up there and keep playing. And I'm like, what? And then Comedy Juice came in, and I'm playing piano before Comedy Juice, which, as Jeremy says, is, like, the lineups are, like, ridiculous. These are, like, super talented artists and comedians and I'm like playing before the show and then I came off and I'm just like everything's a blur and so things happened really well after that um, I eventually started doing the open mic with Chase DeRusso and uh, we also have a great chemistry together and then Chase and Peter Banchowski brought back Midnight Snack one night and I was just there and I said hey guys can I this was like the, the only time I asked I was like do you guys mind if maybe I could jump on and play piano in between the sets? And they're like, yeah, for sure, let's do it. Yeah. And I haven't got off the stage from a nice snack since, and um, it's been incredible. I've got to play in front of Paul McCartney before. That was a highlight. And um, Were you nervous playing in front of Paul McCartney? Because like, yeah. knowing he's yeah. in the audience, we're like, I hope I don't fumble Yeah. <laughs> some keys. Yeah, it's Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah. I was not. like Paul. So basically, I was sitting there. It was before one of the shows, 
And uh, my manager who happened to be there tapping the story, he's like, look over to your right. And there's fucking Paul McCartney. Yeah. And he's just like, hi, waving his arm in the air. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> and then the only thing that dawned on me as, I, as my body started to shake and the, the keys started to become a lot harder to hit with my fingers was that he's better than me. Maybe he should be playing. <laughs> I, was just, <laughs> I was just like, do you want it? He's like, no, no, no. You're good. And that did it for You're me. Because, like, uh, well, like the backstory is when I, I started playing piano when I was seven and when I was turned 12, like every single person who plays piano except for a few, I wanted to quit because it's so hard and it's so tedious to learn piano. And my parents gave me a Beatles book and that kept me playing. And that's literally what got me to that next moment. Wow. And th that's not like a fake story. That's a real thing. They gave me a Beatles book. I I'm like, I love these songs and I can play them and Ooh, I need your love, baby. Yeah. You know? and, and there's Paul McCartney. And it was a really great full circle. And we got to do this great like photo uh, shoot in the bathroom with him, which was so <laughs> cool. And Dane Cook and Owen Benjamin. It was like, it, like working at the improv for me has been a huge thing um, in terms of just like personal growth, career growth. And it's been incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did that, yeah. Yeah, that answered. That was great, dude. Yeah. Uh now I think Avery, mm -hmm. you we he he might be the first Canadian ah. on our show. You from Just, Canada, the right, land three. of Yeah. Land of hockey and uh, maple syrup and uh lots of trees there. Nice and, uh, healthcare, yeah. Yeah, yeah universal nice health care. Yeah. Universal healthcare, yeah. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Love uh, love hockey, love Canada. How many <laughs> of your friends or family actually have the stereotypical Canadian accent? Okay, let's see. Say zero. No one talks like that. <laughs> really? It's like base. I mean, you or is say it just kind of out in the the yeah, it's like or whatever. Yeah, it's Canada. like if you're a hick or whatever down in the south. Right. That's it's what you like to talk, kind of like up in a you know in a northern northern country or whatever. Depend. And it's all regional and like it varies sure. place to place. Um, but the thing, the the traits in Canadian uh, speech are uh, saying about. Mm -hmm. So you also so you guys say about. We say about. And around and uh, more. Now, where did the aboot come from? Well, people thinking like, like, uh, no, like, haven't you heard people say whenever they do the uh, the stereotypical Canadian accent, mm -hmm. they're like, "Oh, let's talk about it." Oh, let's talk. Well, because I guess it's about, and then let's talk about. Well, I think it was the um, on S on on Second City. Oh, SCTV. SCTV. Yeah. Doug, Bob and Bob and Doug McKenzie. They're they're like, "Kulukukukulukuku." <laughs> Oh, who ruined the hooster? It's just a very like if you're gonna do an intense southern accent, you're gonna really go you're gonna for it. I just read a picture, but uh -huh. <laughs> wait, is it easy to get a visa coming down here? Because I feel like Canadians have the easiest time. Wrong, dude. It's no. really hard. Yeah, I had um, I had a, a visa at acting school. If I went to the neighborhood playhouse in New York, I got a visa there. And then I had to get two O one visas, which are actors of extraordinary talent. And now I'm on a green card. It is expensive. It is time consuming, and it was basically the only thing I thought about for about eight years while I was in New York. I didn't leave. I just worked and worked, building up credits. Because you stop working, then they're like, "Go back to Canada." Well, you just lose momentum. You lose. You lose evidence that you're a good artist and. I had a great lawyer, um, but I had some really good letterhead, you know, submissions that I was doing work and it was credible. And uh, it took me forever. It took me a, almost a decade to build a case and and to finally get the green card. Then I get the green card. I'm in New York, and a year later, I'm like, New York is exhausting me. So I moved back to Toronto. I moved back in with my parents at 30, you know, and that was very <laughs> tough. 
uh, as you can imagine. Could you, know. you could you hook up at, in your parents' house? My bedroom was over their bathroom, which was connected <laughs> to their bedroom. Oh. So the answer is a hard no. <laughs> uh, or a soft a no. So- <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremiah Watkins oh, appearing at the Comedy uh, Store. Hey, how are you? Thank comedy. You so yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I moved, and then I did some TV there. Then I moved, then I took a, a, a flight out to LA on vacation. And I, it was like one of those vacations where you're like, I just want to stay. And I'm like, oh, I can. I have a green card. And I did. And that changed my life. And that's why I'm here right now, literally right so there's way more work here. All right. So let's say you got New York, L.A., and then mm-hmm. Toronto, Vancouver. Which right. one is L.A., I would assume, is the most work, but then out of New York and, like, Toronto? Well, uh, film and television, the, the, the network and the industry mostly is in L.A., and there is a large industry faction in New York as well in terms of, like, what's coming out of American media content. Um, a lot of productions go up to Toronto that are from uh, the States. So what you'll have a lot of the time is that a lot of the fill-in roles for TV shows are done by Canadian actors, which I got. I did, like, Suits and the L.A. Complex, and, you know, then I moved down here. But um, And the same thing for Vancouver. There's a lot of film credits, so you can basically shoot a film up in different parts of uh, Canada and get major discounts, like 30%. Um, Whoa. Yeah, big time. So that's why a lot of productions go up there. Like, and, and so there's work there, except that the kind of catch-22 is that when you're up there, you can go for um, co-stars, which are under five mm-hmm. as a Canadian actor, and they, the union says you, you know, you ha- you, whatever production is coming in from the States has to allow some auditions from Canadian union members. It's called ACTRA, actor members, yeah. which I am. And so you'd audition for it, but a lot of those bigger parts would be cast out of the United States. So I would get a co-star part in Toronto, and then they would fly in someone, sometimes Canadian, from L.A. So then when I came down here, I started auditioning for stuff that was shooting in Toronto Mm -hmm. because I'm Canadian and I'm part of the union, but I'm sourced from the network here. So, like, to answer your question, I feel like if you want to do film and TV, you should be in Los Angeles and meet everyone. And if you want to do theater, you should be in New York and some TV spots and things like that and, like, there's a lot of film initiatives in New York, but I feel like, in my experience, last decade, when I was in New York, and now I'm here in L.A., I would say that, oh, there's a lot of great things happening in L.A. in terms of moving your career forward, being on film and television. That's what I'll say. Yeah. So you can still, so you still got your, your citizenship? Canada? I'm a Canadian citizen, and I'm a U.S. green card holder, which means I'm a permanent resident. Yeah. Yay. Congratulations. Thanks, man. You yeah. can do whatever feels you want, good, right? Yeah, it feels good. And then and then two years after I got that green card, I got married to an American, so it didn't matter at all. Uh, <laughs> well, that's just There's the kick in the nuts. But, <laughs> but those two years, you know, Aww. you never you never oh, what a night. <laughs> Well, I could say when I asked her my wife's father for her hand in marriage, I, I wasn't like I was like, Can I have your daughter and a green card. <laughs> Hello. I, I, <laughs> I need very this for my career. Yeah. I don't need your daughter. But yeah. no, I need your daughter. I really <laughs> need I don't her. need technically your daughter, but I love your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh what was your uh, your sketch and improv experience been like since uh coming from Canada mm-hmm. to LA and stuff like that? Well, I grew up, I went to an arts high school, so I was like exposed to uh, every kind of discipline of acting that there was. So anything from Comedia dell'arte and Shakespeare and 
um, Ibsen and uh, mime and crazy clown work, just like everything you can list, I like was exposed to early on in my life. And we did a lot of um, short form improv growing up. We'd watch Who's Line It Is It Anyway. So I would, grew up watching Colin Style, uh, Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles and Drew Carey, which was a trip to perform with him later at the improv years later. But oh, man. yeah, that was a trip. But um, so the, so I would I would watch them growing up, and then I kind of like just focused on acting on like learning how to be an actor, and uh, did that for ten years. And then uh, in New York, I had a uh, a sketch troupe called Really Sketchy, and we had a residency at a place called Shutter Studios, and we did monthly shows, and we would write like hour and a half new shows every month, and they were they were really good and really fun. Um, yeah, and we just, we had a, we had a blast. Um, and then, uh, my girlfriend was in the show and like, we broke up and then like, you know, like it was like one of those stories. Oh, drama. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, but it was, it was a lot of fun and we were all best friends and like we lived for each other and it was great. And then, um, when I came down to LA, I saw ASCAT at UCB and I was like, that's really freaking funny. I want to figure out how to do that. And I took all the UCB courses, like all the four, you know, 101 to, to 401 at UCB. And I uh, had a lot of fun. It was great. And then I got onto an uh, IO house sketch team, which was awesome. Um, did it like sketch pool there. And then I did uh, this show. I'm on a team called It's the Cops. And we perform every month uh, new shows. And it's so, great. So you're pretty, uh, you know, tapped into all these different networks. Who would you say is your favorite people to hang out with, like, I would assume improvisers are stand up. Yeah, you guys. I mean, <laughs> clearly. Uh, who are my favorite people to hang yeah, out with? Yeah, like, uh, you know, like. Of, oh, improvisers, stand ups, or, yeah. or sketch, sketch or theater. Or just act, yeah, theater. There, that's a lot of different. Who are the uh, cool kids? Let's I'll tell you the cool kids. Blast. For me, the cool kids are the people that are the most passionate about what they do. I couldn't, like, say one or the other. Because as your co host, I'm sure will attest, it's great to be able to do everything. And people like Jeremiah, I like hanging out with because they are super talented and can do everything. And I want to be around that to hopefully make me better. But in terms of like personality, I don't know. Uh, I think that's a hard question. It's too. a hard question because yeah. we're both Justin and I are both improvisers as well as stand ups. All right, yeah. you want me to answer? I'll start. I'll break. Okay, the ice. go. Okay, for it. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, who who would you like to hang out with? <laughs> All right. Who, also, who do you want to alienate after you tell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you let say this. Justin burns bridges on this podcast. <laughs> like, every I'm gonna tell you who I don't want to hang out with. <laughs> Sketch people because they're all about themselves. <laughs> uh, You're a black man now, by the way. Co comedians. Uh, Stand-ups, you know, that stereotype that they're very uh, curmudgeon -y. Some are. They're definitely more of that, I feel, than in any of the other ones. Especially the older, older, like, comics, the, like, you know, late 40s, early 50s. They're just like, don't fucking talk to me, Justin. And I'm like, I feel like I don't get that <laughs> in the comedic. Because in improv world, those older people are like, teach me. I want to learn. This is a new art form. But then the stand-ups like, this has been around way before you. Go fuck yourself. I've literally been told, go fuck yourself multiple times by stand-up <laughs> comics. Oh God, dude. Uh, and then the actors, I feel like, <laughs> Jesus, get can, it be, out. can be some of the... Uh, uh, this is my section for the, <laughs> the Hollywood bitch slap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The actors can be, some of them are either the most hardworking and most laziest group. Like, I know people that just will go on a commercial audition a week and that's their work for the week they don't put in any other work i feel like that's not really in the other ones uh and then sketch comedians they're fucking weird like some of the weirdest people that i don't relate to 
but somehow they're funny to other people. But there's some that are very funny. So, so yeah. who do you who do you like again? I would say I like myself. I'm the best one. You got to be a hybrid. So you like okay. hanging out with stand-up comedians. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, I feel like the hybrids are the best because then they they get the best of everything. So just to be clear, you asked me a rhetorical a rhetorical question <laughs> that you then uh, answered yourself le- legitimately. That's how Justin hosts this podcast. <laughs> he asks the guest questions. And he's like, you know what? Actually, I'll take this. From yeah. here. <laughs> I uh, I I like hanging out with comics, stand-up comics. I find they're really quick. I find they're really sharp. They're writers and they're funnier than me. I think I think they're like faster. And I like hanging out with them because um, they're also really nice. Now I don't know if it's because I like work at the improv and everyone's trying to be nice to me, but I feel like I've passed that point. Um, I do want to drop one shout out though because you asked me who, how did I get into the comedy store and yeah, in yeah. there? Jay Mandium uh, brought me over. And, oh, cool! And brought me over for potluck. So I just wanted a little shout out to him. Yeah, that's how I got over to the store. Yeah, every awesome. every time I've hosted, Jay will text me. He's like, "I got Avery for you." I'm like, "Awesome!" Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. But I just wanted to like do a little yeah shout out for him for sure. Yeah. I think I don't know if I I I mean I hang out with stand ups the most, mm-hmm. but I will the oh, which I I enjoy hanging out with pretty much all those groups. But the only time where I have a little bit of trouble is whenever people can't ever turn off. They're mm. always on. They're always like, yeah, 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 hey, man, yeah, yeah, let me get a joke in here. For like, jokes or for industry talk? Like, mostly for, like, jokes? Like, if they're talking jokes to you? Kind jokes. Of just, jokes. like, okay. vomiting of, of comedy. It's like, can we have, <laughs> a, just, like, just can we have, like, for a second, just, like, a normal, like, hey, man, how's your day? It's like, well, I don't know. How was your day? <laughs> Question game. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Ooh, somebody have problems with their feelings? Ooh, what's going on at home? It's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Just talk for a yeah, second. For sure. I like that once in a while, like just to get, you know, it's kind of oh, well, like sure, practice sure. reps, but I totally read the guy that's, or the, or like, the guy who never turns off, man. Yeah, the constant comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Constant Ooh. comic. Ooh. Hello. Hello. We just hi. created a character. <laughs> yes, exactly. Character workshop with every person <laughs> during my watch. But he's crying. He's like telling jokes, but he's crying the whole time. That's so sad. I can't book a gig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, dude. Uh, well, I think we are uh, about to reach the climax of this podcast. The climax. Right. The Hollywood bitch slap. Watcha! Did you prep a story? I have something. All right, I didn't want to talk about it, but I'm, I'm going to talk about Just it. Just do Those it. are the It'll, good ones. Yeah. <laughs> appear like so I'm hesitant. I gave myself the Hollywood bitch slap, and here's why. So when I grew up, I was fairly certain that I was going to be a big-time actor and that I was going to make it and that everything was going to be great and I was going to get parts of my dreams and turn into Hollywood because um, I had two aces in my sleeve, up my sleeve. One was I grew up with Hayden Christensen, who is Darth Vader in Star Wars, and yeah. he's my best friend. And, and the other is that my second cousin is Lauren Michaels. And I thought that was going to be how I did it. Yeah, one and of those two ways. Exactly. When you grow up with Darth Vader and you're related to Saturday Night Live, like, you're going to make you're it. You're in the mix. You made it. Right. But I had to learn that that's not how it works. You, that you don't just, no one, like, hands you anything. It doesn't happen that way because there's a million, it's a business. And there's, like, a million other things involved. There's a lineup of actors m- for miles and miles and miles. But... Those two, here's the plus side, those two, uh, uh, I mean, first of all, they wrote letters for me in support of my green card, which we talked to. Call back. <laughs> yeah. Hey. And they helped me get my, my papers. And Hayden's a best friend of mine. Lauren, I don't 
spot speak to because he's like it's a distant relative. But he but his like assistant helped me get my papers for my green wow. card. Yeah. So it was kind of like a personal vouching kind of thing. So that was like on the top of my pile was like Broadway video, you know, NBC. Yeah. Yeah, which was pretty dope. And he did, I did get to meet him once. And um, it was the week that um, Donald Trump was hosting. So I got to meet Donald Trump and I got to sit next to Daryl Hammond right after the whole um, Sean Connery thing, which on, on uh, Jeopardy, which was the fun exploding the the funniest thing that i had ever seen and that inspired me comedically but like so i got to talk to him but my hollywood bitch slap was me getting in the way of myself and like thinking that things were going to be handed to me in a way that like just don't happen so so after having learned this you've never reached out to lauren been like hey i'm your second cousin watch my character reel no no not in that way um but i did reach out to snl to submit last year and the producer you know um, gave me kind of like a thumbs up, but I, I, I'm not going to reach out. I'm not going to go over top because that it's, first of all, it's not going to happen like that. I'm not going to be like, Hey, can you put me on Saturday night live? And yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just not going to happen. Am I good and qualified and could do it? Yeah, for sure. But that's just not the way you do it. So I'm hoping they don't actually don't even hear this, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, I, I think like there's like an expectation and an entitlement that I felt that I had at a younger age, and now that I'm older and have bitch slapped myself, uh, that I realize that like you have to work for everything you get, and that you have to stand at the door at the Hollywood Improv for over a year to earn your stripes, to get up, to earn people's respect, and be part of a community, right? Like we always see these one-off people, like they do a movie and that's it, and like I don't know, I want some longevity, and I guess I just had to realize that, you know, mm, that attitude wasn't gonna get me anywhere. The attitude of I'm good, so I should be in a show, or like I'm watching this show, this multi. I'm watching. I'm in Canada, and I'm watching this multicam show, uh, which is kind of studio audience for the listeners don't know. It's kind of like uh, like Seinfeld kind of thing, and or not. This is a bad example, but like some that '70s show, and I'm like, oh, I can I can outact that guy or whoever it is, and but it's not the like you have to you have to learn how to act on a multicam. You can't just like be a better actor. Or do Shakespeare better and, <laughs> yeah, then, and yeah, yeah. be a better I Shakespeare. Shakespeare better than him. You should see my neutral mass work, man. I blow toe for grace out of the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think my, my bitch slap is me slapping myself when in my mid twenties and realizing that like I would have to earn earn my my keep. That was my bitch slap. Wow, is that, that good? good. Was no, that, that good was one? really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, these guys wanted the, these, they wanted the gold. Uh, yeah, no, that we we prepped him uh, yeah. longer than other people <laughs> uh, usually, but uh, no, yeah. that was awesome. I do have to a- ask yeah. uh, when you said uh, that you're really good friends with uh, Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you were friends with him while he booked that movie, basically. That's right. Yeah. What was that like being on the other side of you talking to him, being like, dude, I just booked Darth Vader. In yeah. Star Wars, like, yeah. what's that like being yeah. the friend of somebody who lands like Darth Vader's best friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> best friend. Well, he's really dark to start. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. He's uh, so. What's it like when when one of your friends blows up like overnight, literally? Yeah, because that's a, a strange thing. Somebody who, because I don't know if we've had anybody on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Who's been really that close to something like a phenomenon like that? Right. Like we we've had um uh uh Chris Alvarado, super funny comic. He is a uh, um uh Lauren Lapkus's uh husband. Oh cool. And she's like she's incredible. She's like great, and she's uh she's, she's on my favorite improv lately. team. Oh, she's bang ring. Yep. 
But um, but this is like different because this yeah. is like a, a national chain movie, like the Jurassic Park movies, international. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Star Wars is like one of the most famous phenomenons. Phenomenons. Period. So what? What, what is that, that like? Like, like I don't know. Like you seeing somebody who you hang out with all the time to mm-hmm. literally like. He's everywhere. He's like in mm-hmm. trailers. He's on billboards. Mm-hmm. He's on what? What? What is that like? I guess. Well, first of all, Hayden is a super cool, down to earth person. Mm-hmm. He's one of the like coolest, chillest people you'll ever meet, and you'll just be like, God, this guy is just fucking. He's just cool and just chilled and relaxed and in his in his body. I yeah. would say that that's so. That's the first thing. And I think a lot of the times what people ask me is like the old adage, like, did he change? And like, no, he hasn't. He really hasn't. His car has got nicer, you know? Yeah. But he's, he's the same guy that <clears throat> I grew up with. So what was it like for me? Well, uh, he called me and, and, and picked up the phone and it was like he was in L.A. or something. And I knew he was like going to the Skywalker Ranch. And he called me and in the background was... Dun, 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 And I was like, no way. He's like, dude, yes. And I'm like getting chills now thinking about it. This is like back in, I was 18 at the time. So that was 15 years ago. So, and it was incredible. So that moment was amazing. I woke my parents up and told them and they were excited. We, you know, I grew up with them. I, you know, since I was six. We've oh been, wow! Yeah, we played soccer together, and then we went to art schools together. And he is someone who has kept his old friends because he wants to keep that base around him. And then, in terms of what was it like seeing his face, like all over like Times Square, and trailers, and with Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor and George Lucas, and like a phone call comes up on Hayden's phone, and it's George. You know, like, oh man, yeah. That was the surreal part. Um, but what I got from that, and this was sort of like the metamorphosis of what happened before of me just growing up as a human being, is it they're all everyone's all just people. Hayden's just a person. He's, oh, totally. He's my buddy that we like, you know. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't get that. And that's where like the fandom comes from, right? Like, I don't know, having a, a throw blanket of DC comic characters on your couch, things like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but people like fantasize about um, these things. And but watching my friend fill that face and fill that that helmet, the most iconic helmet ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was intense um, and really fun and cool. And I got to like go on trips with him and like he on his, I think it was his 25th birthday. This party was thrown in Vegas for him. And like in the next booth is Paris Hilton's birthday. And like, so I was, you know, <laughs> like for that kind of thing, I was exposed to a lot of stuff. And, um, I learned how to, I learned what the, like what, how to deal with the industry. And like from him who, um, is very grounded and is always himself. And like that sort of what I gained from his experience and when he first moved here to L.A., like I had just moved to L.A. recently, like three years ago. And I said, oh, where did you move when you first moved here when I was 18, when he was 18? He's like, I moved like to Santa Monica and Doheny or something. Like he's like, I moved to Boys Town. I'm like, why'd you move there? He's like, because no one was there to help me to tell me, you know, you don't live smack dab in the middle of Boys Town unless you're gay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like no one told me. And, and for him, for me, he's been someone, he like gave me all my furniture when I first came out here. Wow. He's like, gave me bed and all that stuff. And, you know, that's been who he was. And so for me, he's been like an incredible resource to like 
throw like what this guy's saying this about this part like should i be doing it or like what should i be expecting yeah and, and he had to learn it at 18 on his own with like whatever huge agency it was imagine being 18 and having some huge agency telling you how great you are it, it's it's yeah i don't know how to relate to that right <laughs> not, neither do i but yeah, i heard yeah, the yeah. stories and it became yeah. a little bit more real to like get that but. now was it whenever you saw star wars mm-hmm. and you saw like him in that helmet and stuff you're like that's my friend Hayden. That's not Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, or, yeah. Or were you... I'm, like, making out with Natalie Portman. Yeah, were yeah. you like, what the... Like, I mean, because uh, I'm sure it's hard. Like, some either friends or his family, like, who know him really well. Yeah. it's. I'm sure that's harder to separate. Like, whenever you watch a movie, it's like, ah, I know them too well where it's, like, weird for me or something. It is that. There is that. Um, there is... Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's the case. That, like, I see him. But then... You know, if you watch like the last scene of episode three when he's like fighting with you and McGregor and he's like, everyone's like, they're melting in the lava. I'm yeah. Like, I didn't see the kid I grew up with. I actually thought that, you know, he kind of killed that scene. And great. You, you, like, the, like, he's a nin- the guy's a ninja. Like, he has ninja training. Like, he knows how to cut off someone's head with a sword. <laughs> like, seriously, like, watch, like, watch Star yeah. Wars. He's got a sword, guys. He's tr- like, so if you gave the guy a sword and there was a fight, and it was between the three of us. You have a stuffed giraffe, and and him, he would win the fight with the sword. Yeah, because he's a ninja now. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a samurai. So, like that's different. That was a different thing to see him like, you know, like yeah. that was really cool to see his like ability to to do that, and do jumps and like lunges and things, and even what. Are you doing the, Sorry. the Star it's, Wars? Yeah, like yeah. while you're going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to your listeners, Jeremiah are fighting with our minds with lightsabers. We're fighting with our mic. <laughs> anyway, uh, Avery, thank you so much for hey. coming by the podcast, buddy. Guys, thanks for having me. Where can people find so you online, social media-wise? Uh, they can find me at, on Twitter at Avery Funny, and they can find me on Insta on at Avery M. Pearson, and every Saturday night at the Hollywood Improv for Midnight Snack. And uh, if you're a comic coming up, come out to the Hollywood Improv open mic because it's fair, it's a lottery, and we support a positive environment where you can grow and learn and find your voice. Awesome, nice. buddy. Dude, thank you for coming by. Thanks and for uh, me. yeah, look forward to working with you yeah, more man. and more every week. Uh, and come check, uh, catch Jeremiah on Midnight Snack, yeah, too. Josh Killing out of Yeah. 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 It's quite a We've little been trio. Jamming it out. It's been yeah. a lot of fun lately, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. All right. See you soon, buddy. Thanks so much. I'll see you right now. Bye. Yep.